Welcome to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmet. John is the coordinator for the Christian Ecumenical and Missional Society of St. Patrick and St. Aidan, and he's the founder of Hope on the Way Ministries. Now, join Father John and discover hope and relevant answers in following Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. Today's message is entitled, Following Jesus, No Excuses and No Regrets, from Luke chapter 9. Verses 57 through 62. If you have your scriptures with you, you're welcome to open up at this time. Have you ever found yourself making excuses to get out of doing something you don't want to do? And sometimes it's, it's hard to get out of something that you don't want to do when you don't have good excuses. You know, the, what's, the, what's the famous excuse of all time? The dog ate my homework. Really? You don't know that excuse? You've never heard of it. Okay, some of you are nodding. That's, if you're a teacher, you know that one. The dog ate my homework. I, I had a kid tell me once when I was teaching that a dog actually did eat his homework. <laughs> I believed him because no one would use that excuse. Hey, have you ever made a commitment and then have regrets that you made it? Okay, I hope it's not about your marriage. (laughs) I hope it's not about your marriage. Okay. Everybody's been there. You made a commitment to do something and then you had regrets. They're called decisions of regrets. And then you try to make excuses to get out of the commitment. Hey, in regards to Jesus, in regards to Jesus, once you really give your life to Him, once you really start following Christ and put Him first in your life, no mamby-pamby stuff, but you really sell out your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you won't need good excuses to get out of it. And you know what? I guarantee you this. You'll never have regrets with Christ. Doesn't that sound wonderful? No excuses. No regrets. In this passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 9, a number of people are interacting with Jesus and they all make excuses for why they can't put Christ first in their life and faithfully follow Christ. Let's be honest Whether you're here today or you're listening via our podcast, honestly, do you find yourself making excuses for why you can't faithfully follow and obey Christ in everything? Not just a couple things, but everything. Totally selling out your life. Totally putting Him first. Can you honestly say you don't find yourself making excuses? I've been pastoring for many, many years, and it just seems like I, I never lose sight of people who, who just can't make enough excuses for not following Jesus 
and being faithful to the church. And honestly, I think it's deep down, deep down, it's because Christ is not number one in their lives. He may be number two, number five, or number ten, or number a hundred. But that's when the excuses come out because Christ isn't first. And in this passage of Scripture, Jesus exposes the true priorities of the people He interacts with. And these folks are excited about Him. They're excited about what He's saying. And and honestly, they're excited about what He's doing. He's healing the sick. It's even said to these people, He's raised the dead. They're interested in Him. And they want to follow Him. In verse 57 and 58, a man comes up to Jesus as he's on his journey, as Jesus is on his journey towards Jerusalem. And the guy says that I will follow you wherever you go. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? I'm in. I am in like Flynn. But Jesus reads the intent of his heart and the priorities of his life. And he says to this man, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And it can be assumed from silence that the guy didn't follow Jesus because his priority was home security. And I don't mean like... uh, Second Amendment security. I mean the security of having a place to live. I mean, there's some who are probably listening to me who've, who've lived in one community, one state, one city. Some of you may be even one house all of your life, and there's a lot of security in that. I get it. But Jesus was on the move. He was on mission. And this man gets exposed because... His desire for hearth and home is more pressing to him than following Jesus. As I've traveled a bit, people will ask me, John, where's your home? John, where's your home, Father John? And I say, the church is my home. The church is my home. Your, Your home isn't on Main Street, Fifth Street, Sunnyside Drive, your home is the church of God. That's your home is the church. That's your home. And it's your family. And then when you transition to the next life, your home will be in the presence of Christ and the angels and the saints of heaven. But never, never get conned into believing that there's safety and security if you stick close to home. Nothing wrong with living in one house, one place all your life, but if you're following Jesus, hey, the church is your home. His mission is your mission. The next excuse, the next excuse comes in verse 59 where Jesus says, commandment, it's a command, it's the imperative, follow me. The guy says, in verse 59, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Now this could mean a couple things, but what it certainly means is that the man valued financial security from his inheritance more 
than he valued putting Christ and the mission of Christ first in his life. I've known people who would not go into Christian ministry. I know people who would not obey the call of Christian ministry because there wasn't financial security in it for them. I know people whose, whose, whose spouse said, no, we're not going into Christian ministry because we don't have financial security. I know people who have left Christian ministry because they wanted financial security. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, but don't expect me to take care of you. Does that sound like, does that sound like the gospel? No, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and say it with me, and all these things shall be added unto you as well. I'll take care of you. He was exposed. Verse 61, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, I'm sold out. But, but, here comes the excuse. First, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. What's the harm of that? His family came first. Jesus was on the move. Who knows when that person would catch up to Jesus and who knows when he went to say goodbye and, and settle all his affairs that he would actually fulfill his call to follow Jesus. You know, I've, I've been at this a lot of time, folks, and I can tell you I've, I've seen at least one and maybe more occasions where, where I've seen people put their family first that their family becomes idols to them. Their family comes before Christ. It comes before being faithful. It comes before the church and the mission Christ has given us as a church. And it's not healthy when people do that. It's important to put your family in the proper place. God and His Affairs and his mission, then family. And the two aren't mutually exclusive. In verse 62, Jesus makes this astounding statement. He said, No one who puts the hand to the plow and looks back is fit for this kingdom of God, is fit for service in the kingdom of God. When you look back, you're looking back at the old life. And you're plowing ahead and you're, you're on mission with Jesus and you're following Him and you're being faithful and you're looking back and say, wow, I really missed that. Whatever it was, whatever you had to leave to follow Christ, you look back and you long for it. It's being double-minded. You can't be double-minded and serve Jesus. You have to be sold out. And people who live in areas of persecution, Christians who live as the persecuted church, they understand this. We're either in this thing or we're out. If we're halfway in, we're not in. Why risk persecution if you're only halfway in? And it's getting harder in, in our Western cultures. We have to be sold out. We have to put Christ first. I want to just list a couple other excuses that I've heard over the years that aren't necessarily in this passage of Scripture, and I certainly could list more. But here's a couple that came to mind. The excuse of time and resources. I can't tell you how many, how many times I've heard people tell me with a straight face, yeah, we're committed to Jesus, but we don't have time for church. We just, we just do our own Jesus thing at home. And I know they don't even pray before meals. Okay, Not that I'm trying to shame anybody, but... The, 
but it's just an excuse. People who make excuses of time and resources usually is that number one in my life is me. I'm the most important thing. Let me ask you this. Are you more important than God? How many people live like they are? Are you living like you're more important than God? Honestly, think about it. Because don't you want to live for the most important thing? Then there's the excuse of personal liberty. If I, if I follow Jesus, it will cramp my style. Okay? I won't get to do the things that I want to do. My personal liberty would be hindered. And usually that's, that's sin liberty. I want to believe like an angel and live like a devil. And Paul, Paul in Romans chapter 6 said that all humanity are slaves. All of us are slaves. We either slaves to sin or slaves to righteousness. Whose slave are you? Are you a slave to sin or slave to righteousness? When you're a slave to righteousness, it means that you are obeying God. When you become, when you become a slave to righteousness and you obey God, that actually sets you free. God doesn't cramp your style. The Lord liberates you. The Scripture says where there is the Spirit of God, there is freedom there is liberty i have a hobby that takes me walking across fields and through fences and occasionally those have been electric fences and on at least two and probably more occasions i've been shocked by an electric fence but i assure you the electric fence didn't keep me from going to the other side it was just painful when i did I want you to know that God does not build fences of pain and shock. Every fence God puts around you is a fence made of love. God gives you boundaries because He loves you. He wants to keep evil out and keep you safe. Not as a prisoner but as a person who is a slave to righteousness and living free as God intended at the very beginning. But let me say this, is when you cross the boundaries God has set for you, when you cross the fence that is made of God's love, there is no pain in doing it. Because God isn't into prison camps. God is an end to keeping prisoner. So there's no pain. Heavenly monopoly. Get out of God's heavenly loving jail anytime you want. Get out of jail free card. No pain. Go ahead. See, the pain isn't crossing the fence of love. The pain is when you get to the other side. When you go outside the boundaries of God's love, you will bring pain on yourself. You will bring pain on others. And no matter how sincere you were, when you go outside the boundaries of love God sets for you, it's an intensely selfish act. 
especially when you hurt others. Hey, the good news is you don't need excuses when you follow Jesus. Because the Lord is good. How often? How often? That's the word, isn't it? God is good all the time. No excuses needed. Hey, the Lord says, Barbara, I have a little assignment for you. Barbara goes, you know, Lord, I have to pick up the kids at 5 p.m. And then I have a PTA meeting. And I can't make it on church on Sunday because we have classic soccer. Hey, Barbara, who's really first here? Who's really the most important? Well, it's my kids. They're my idols. They're my little gods. I worship them. I hardly have my own life because I'm so involved in theirs more than having your life, God. There will be no regrets when you faithfully follow Jesus. No regrets. No excuses and no regrets. I heard long ago as a young man from a preacher who was giving a message and said, I am not usually impressed by the testimony of a new Christian, but when I hear the testimony of a Christian who's 80 years old and has been a Christian for over 40 years or more, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. No one who puts Christ first in their life, truly first, no one who faithfully obeys Christ and is faithful to His church will ever say, I should have bailed on Jesus years ago. Why did I stay? You don't hear those testimonies. Now, sometimes you'll hear people say, it would have been nice if instead of being a priest, I could have been a financial banker and made millions of dollars to bless the kingdom of God. That would have been nice. It would have been nice if I could have done this, but I have no regrets. I have no regrets. What does the Psalms say? Your love, Lord, is better than life. Anything you give up to follow Christ, Jesus said, you'll receive a hundredfold in this lifetime and in the life to come. There'll be no regrets when you follow Christ. In fact, if you don't put Christ in His cause at the very front of your life, your biggest regrets will be the times Christ was not in front of you. When I look back on my 20s, I get upset. Because most of the time, Christ was not in front of me. I was out ahead of Him. And if I had to do it all over again, you know where it would be. I'd be behind. He would be in front. Hey, the testimony I'm giving you right now about Jesus and me and how good He has been to me is I'm not giving you anything new. In fact, I know you could find and read much, much better testimonies from better people than me crack up a book on church history. Read the martyrdom of Polycarp, Bishop Polycarp. How he, in his ancient age, was martyred for Jesus. Read his testimony. 
Read the testimony of the saints like Francis and Patrick. Read the testimonies of the persecuted church. You don't even have to do that. Just turn on your radio. Put on a CD. Listen to contemporary music and you'll hear testimonies about how good the Lord is. The old hymns really impress me. The old hymns. One of my favorite testimonial hymns is Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. The chorus goes, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him. I love this verse. How I've proved Him o'er and o'er. Over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace, say it with me, to trust Him more. Jesus replied, no one puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Remember, when you faithfully follow Jesus, you need no excuses. You have no regrets. And you never, ever need to look back. You can trust Him. Folks, you can trust Him. Others have. It's there in Scripture. It's there in song. It's there in written testimony. You can put your hand to the plow. And you'll never, ever have to look back. Amen. Amen. May Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Give us the grace to trust Him more. Amen. You've been listening to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. We invite you to subscribe or follow this podcast on your preferred podcasting platform. To find out more about Hope on the Way Ministries and Father John, check out our website at hopeontheway.info. That's hopeontheway.info. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the companionship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.